Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch Podcast. My name is Alex Dunlap, and for the first time, coming at you with a solo edition of the podcast. You guys have been bugging the shit out of me on Twitter about when a new pod is going up. Um, I'd like to start off by just you know apologizing, I guess. We did tell you that for these last couple weeks, we were going to be on vacation. I was in beautiful Gulf Shores, Alabama, catching a bunch of fish, a delicious red snapper that I brought back home before that red snapper season ended. Uh, Byron was in town during the time I was out of town, but has now left. He is in the woods. Lord only knows where the fuck he is. Uh, he is out of cell phone range, though. I know that he is... Um, in the process of finishing the standard cheat sheet version 1.0 that should be up uh, very soon at rosterwatch.com. I've updated the PPR cheat sheet to version 1.5, the two quarterback cheat sheet to version 1.4. We are rolling along. Training camps have started. I just have too much shit I got to get off of my mind here before we go on Sirius on Sunday. And that should be me and the Trash Man. So Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Sunday. Myself, Alex Dunlap, and the Trash Man. You can listen from 3 to 5 eastern but yeah training camps are open and mainly i just wanted to touch base with you guys let you know we're all still here we're all we're all still alive it's just a tough time with everybody's vacation schedules everybody just trying to recharge the batteries before nfl season starts because as you guys know we go completely underground for the nfl season we don't come up for air until you know december or so when we're starting to make our our you know, our travel arrangements to the senior bowl where we're speaking of the senior bowl where I know we have a whole football season to get through, but uh, we'll have a, uh, we'll have a cool announcement coming up with uh, some even cooler shit that we'll be doing at the senior bowl this year. Some uh, analytics and data that we'll be capturing that should go above and beyond what we brought to our pro subscribers uh, just last year. Before I get into the strength of schedule stuff that I just wanted to check in with you guys about, um, I wanted to just get a little bit of housekeeping done. All of our content you can find with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee uh, to become a part of Roster Watch Nation and support us in all of our maniacal efforts. We are going to have. Uh, a big training camp tour coming up. Byron's going to go to about 10 of these training camps. Trashman's going to go to about 10 of these training camps. I'm going to go to like one or two, but I got to be back here at Roster Watch World Headquarters holding down the fort, getting in the information from these guys as editor-in-chief and make sure that it gets passed along and baked in to our tools, most specifically uh, the magical, the mystical, the epic three-step cheat sheets available now, uh, as mentioned earlier, Byron. Uh, working on the standard cheat sheet, uh, I guess not as we speak, or I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if, he's out in the woods, so I don't know how, how much he could be working on, on, on the cheat sheet. But, you know, by this weekend, uh, he said by the time we have our serious show on Sunday, we'll have version 1.0 of the standard cheat sheet available for all you guys. But 
the the other bit of housekeeping, the reviews. Let's keep them going. Let's keep the reviews coming in. Uh, whenever we get good reviews, we're going to read through them. We're going to give away free pro memberships at rosterwatch.com. So please, if you like the podcast, if you want to support us, the way that you can support us, besides getting a pro membership, is to take 15 to 20 seconds of time and let us know that you enjoy the podcast. Let us know that you appreciate the podcast. Let us know that you want us to keep doing it. Because we're going to come to a big decision here when the football season starts. It's like, how are we going to fucking have time for these podcasts? You know, if you want a waiver wire podcast, that's kind of what we're thinking. Maybe a Tuesday, uh, podcast that will come out on Tuesday mornings that's going to help you to navigate waivers. You know, if you want something like that, if you want us to take the, you know, this, this time, this, this, like, this, 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 this equity that we have of, of human capital that's like a finite resource during the season, if you want us to take that time for these podcasts, let us know by going to iTunes, wherever you listen to this podcast, giving us a good review, uh, giving us a good rating. It really does mean the world to us. We really do appreciate it. We would not harp on it and be such desperate bastards with the way that we beg and plead for you to do it if it wasn't really important to potential advertisers. So we're not at a level right now where you know um, we're able to attract advertising, and that's a problem. So it, we know we have the listeners. We need to show the advertisers that we have listeners who will engage with us, who will click buttons at our request, and so, right? And so if you will go and give us a good rating, go give us a good review, that really is sort of a way of paying us. So anyway, let's get to the strength of schedule, and we'll go through, these tools will be going up, we'll have the, by the time you listen to this podcast, the running back tool should be up, there'll be a post sort of explaining how it, how it works if you have trouble understanding how things like this work but I, t to me i've tried to make it pretty intuitive and simple all it is is a stupid looking spreadsheet <laughs> so i mean it's not going to win a it's not going to win any designer award prizes but uh the you know the award it's going to help you win is a fantasy championship because what's baked into this what's baked into this tool is every bit of proprietary analytics that we have on every single one of these players you know how we're always you know doing the doing the measurement stuff at, at the senior bowl all the work we do at the combine uh, all, all the data that we gather from there the way that we collate the data the way that mike band uh, in our analytics department so, does such a fantastic job with 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 organizing it for us and and, and getting it all together we have we, we have grades on 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 all these players speed grades power grades size what we can do is we can take those and instead of using the stupid fantasy points against that everybody else is going to be using from 2016, that's not going to be predictive in any kind of way because, you know, players have moved on. Uh, schemes are different. Teams are different. That You know, some of these defensive fronts that couldn't, you know, were like Swiss cheese last year and couldn't stop a runner if they tried, couldn't stop a running nose. Maybe they've gone out in free agency and, and, and done something. Maybe somebody like the Arizona Cardinals all of a sudden is not going to be a good defensive front. In fact, the way that we see it, the Arizona Cardinals are going to start out this season as a top 10 matchup for opposing runners. It's going to be a bottom three matchup for opposing wide receivers, and this is going to be a run-funnel defense. So whenever to start the season, DFS, um, you know, if, if, if we're looking for low-owned plays um, in, in, our, in our fantasy leagues, if other guys are, are, are scared off because of something like that, because of a matchup that doesn't look like it's a good matchup, Due to what the 2016 statistics say at Roster Watch Nation, we say not so fast. Not so fast. And that's why this is so important. This is why the content that you get at rosterwatch.com and here you get on the Roster Watch podcast uh, with Alex Dunlap rolling solo in the absence of Byron Lambert is so valuable to you. 
so let's just I, let's just hit a couple a couple things that I noticed from the each one of these um, each one of these sets of tools. Each one of these will have the total difficulty portion, which is basically for the course of the whole season, weeks one through sixteen. There will be the fast start portion, which is just weeks one through four, and there will be the playoffs version, which is weeks fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. That is the fantasy football playoffs for ninety-five percent of the leagues who uh, our customers and our friends in Roster Watch Nation play in. So the reason for the total difficulty. I mean, that goes without saying. It's like the total difficulty of the whole entire schedule in its entirety. When you look at it and, you know, you sit back and you look at this schedule as a total, you know, a total body of work that, uh, that a runner or wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, et cetera, is going to have to go through. That's the total difficulty. The fast start, that is the first four games of the season. And why do we care about that? Well, we talk about it all the time. At Roster Watch, we want to get off to a fast start in our fantasy football leagues. It's one of our biggest mantras because we have, we have research. We have, we have studies. We've been doing this now. This will be our seventh year doing this professionally. And what we've realized through this time and you know, what we kind of knew intuitively previously, but what we've studied and, and, and found since – and, and, you know, over, you know, hundreds of different public leagues analyzed, week four going into week five is when all of the insane trading really begins. You know, that's when it happens in earnest. That's the, between week four and week five is when even the people who don't want to trade, you know, you have guys in your league who typically don't like to trade. Even those guys start to trade if they're one in three. If they're 0 and 4, because the fact of the matter is simple. If you're 0 and 4, you can only lose two two more games if you want to make the playoffs in a 12 team league where six teams make the playoffs. Like you, most of the time, you're not going to get in unless you are at least seven and six. So at that point in time, you, these guys start getting antsy, and 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 whenever they whenever you know you're part of one of those trades, you don't want to be the guy you know throwing out the offers not from the position of strength. Because if you're in the position of strength, one of these guys with one of these one of these teams that got off to a shitty start, they're gonna be coming to you. They're gonna be trying to give you a fair offer. You're gonna look at him and you go, "Fuck this, fuck you." I'm not gonna like. Look, you're coming to me. If we're gonna be doing one of these deals, I have a good team. I'm three and one. I'm I'm four and oh, four and oh. What what like? What's the impetus for me to want to trade trade for one of your players? Like, look at where your players have gotten you. Look where my players have gotten me. I'm not like. That's how you handle it. It's almost like a, it's, it, I mean, it's almost like a psychological thing. It, it, it's a way that you want to go into that inherent negotiation that's going to occur with any trade from the position of strength. So we care about the fast start. Of course, for the playoffs, uh, with the playoff schedule, you're always going to want an easy playoff schedule. That's just that's how, that's that's how it goes. We don't like to look ahead. Uh, give give me a fast start. Give me a great schedule to start the season over a great playoff schedule any time of the week in a in, in a vacuum to start the season. I care much more about the fast start. I'll worry about playoffs later. The reason I'll worry about playoffs later is that my roster is going to look massively different come playoff time than it's going to look whenever I draft. And the same will be true for every single one of you if you pay attention to our tools and use our tools as pro members at rosterwatch.com. So I, I hope that gives an overview of, of the general tools and what I'll be talking about when I go through them. Let's just talk about running back total difficulty. And what's interesting is the NFC North has gone from the black and blue division to, to a division that has the two easiest running back schedules 
on the entire slate. And I'll tell you this, the Minnesota Vikings have probably the, no, the, I mean, by far, it's just like, it's the, the Minnesota Vikings running backs have the best schedule uh, on the entire season of any other set of running backs in the National Football League. And like I said, it's probably like by a margin that's greater than, than, than any other position. When I look at the wide receivers, yeah, it's, much, it's a much bit greater margin between number one and number two than is it the wide receivers. A much greater margin than number one and number two uh, with the quarterbacks. So the running backs of Minnesota, then this is going to be Dalvin, at least of the ones who are fantasy relevant to start, this is going to be Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. As we all know, Latavius Murray sucks. But Dalvin Cook, man, I mean, this is a guy who comes in, the tra- like the trash man says, outside of Leonard Fournette, he could have the kind of the sneakiest, um, uh, you know, pathway to becoming a true number one running back within his system. People talk all so much about, about Christian McCaffrey, but... You know, Jonathan Stewart is still there. You know, who knows if they're going to use Christian McCaffrey to start out as a – I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's Ron Rivera. You don't know how much he's going to want to be using a rookie running back, an old defense – like an old linebacker or a defensive head coach. You know, Jay Stu's going to be the guy that's still going to pound the rock there. I mean, look, we, look, Latavius Murray sucks. And he's not going to be behind that Oakland offensive line anymore. He's going to be in Minnesota where the offensive line sucks. He can't. The, the, what we've always hated about Latavius is that he cannot shed early contact. Yes, he is a good enough. You know, I, I I guess he's a he's you know he just looks big enough and strong enough to be somebody you'd like to consider as your goal line back. We know that Spielman uh, wanted this kind of you know, for some reason he wanted a guy that's sort of in the model of a Matt Asiata, who's a you know a horrible player and a slug. So maybe there is some touchdown equity there that could come away from Dalvin Cook but I think that Dalvin Cook possibly right now is a guy we could be sleeping on a little bit in the next iteration of the cheat sheet because of this I will be moving him up uh, in the P- in the PPR cheat sheet um, his average draft position right now Dalvin Cook let me just pull it up real quick but I just want I mean he's going after the Spencer Wares of the world He's going right around the time of Tevin Coleman, and that's kind of, that's something that's a little bit hard for me to get behind because Tevin Coleman is a guy who who we also love quite a bit. But definitely, I, I like Dalvin Cook better than Spencer Ware. I like Dalvin Cook better than Carlos Hyde. You know, these are guys who are going there in that same sort of area as far as their you know, and I'm t- and I'm talking uh, PPR ADP here because that's the that's the mindset I'm in as I'm the architect of the PPR cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com but I, I think Dalvin Cook is a guy who you know right around that you know right around that time you know pick you know your your sixth round pick that you can get Tevin Coleman you can get guys like Dalvin Cook you know you can get Tevin Coleman and Dalvin Cook in the fifth and sixth round of your fantasy draft and I, I just I I think to myself I think more and more and more the way that people are f- sort of flocking to the running back heavy strategies i'm like last year when everybody went uh zero running back and 
I said, give me the running backs early. I'm thinking that this thing's shaping up. I always say it, but the way that these the way that these mock drafts are falling, it's generally if you can get a bunch of these murderers up top, if you can get a cut, like if you can get if you're picking at the end of the first round, you can get an AJ Green and a you know Ty Hilton there at the turn at the very beginning. I think you can come back and, and the, you know there at the end of the third round. You, you know, then you get your Isaiah Crowell, and then you get, or then you get your Joe Mixon. You know, your 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 Marshawn Lynch, one of these guys, right? And then at that point in time, with your fourth round pick, you can always pick up your, you know, I don't know, your your Tyree Kill, your Martavis Bryant, one of these guys like that. That's a, a huge high, a huge highly upside. Uh, ace up your sleeve as far as just a home run, knock it out of the park, wide receiver three, and then fill out your starting running back core through through your fifth and sixth round picks with a Tevin Coleman, with a Dalvin Cook. Have a Dalvin Cook in your flex. He's going to have the easiest schedule to start the season of any fantasy runner in the National Football League, according to our proprietary analytics. Uh, other teams of note right at the very top. I'll give you the top. You know, you know, just a few at the very top and a few at the very bottom. Another one at the very top, uh, the Chicago Bears. Jordan Howard, certainly a player to keep your eyes on. His ADP, I, it's maybe a little bit higher than I would like right now. Let me pull it up. Let me see if it's still – is this still above Jay Ajayi? No. So Jay Ajayi's pulled a little bit ahead of Jordan Howard, how I've always felt should be the case. Jordan Howard, a little bit ahead of Todd Gurley who we'll talk about right now as we move on to the fast start portion of the running back tool. And right at the very top of the fast start portion, you have the L.A. Rams, who in the first three weeks of the season face Indianapolis, which is our best matchup possible for opposing running backs. The Washington Redskins are third best matchup for opposing running backs. The San Francisco 49ers, I mean, <laughs> like even if you look at last year's stats or whatever, last few years, but uh, even coming into this 2017 season, our fourth best matchup for opposing runners, and then the Dallas Cowboys are our, our 17th best. So basically, a middle of the road matchup for opposing runners. That is over the course of the four, first four weeks. Todd Gurley has an elite early season fantasy schedule for opposing running backs. The, what you need to remember about Todd Gurley, if you do pick him as your RB1 there in round two, if you go you know, wide receiver early, like middle of the second round, you go o Odell Beckham, it comes back around to you. You want to go running back, you take Todd Gurley. Hopefully you're not thinking like that and you're using the roster watch cheat sheet and just taking the best available player there on the sheet because it's magical and it's mystical. But if you're doing something like that and you take Todd Gurley, just listen to me right now, okay? After those four weeks, the season goes to shit. He's going to face, in week five, he's going to face Seattle, who's, who's still our worst matchup for opposing runners. Jacksonville, who all of a sudden is uh, the eighth worst matchup for opposing runners. He'll get a, a brief reprieve before his week eight bye against Arizona, who we have as a top ten matchup. But coming out of that bye... Uh, th this is a murderer's row. He'll, he'll have the Giants, Houston, and Minnesota. And then for his playoff schedule, he has Seattle and Tennessee. So with Todd Gurley, what we're going to be doing with him and what we're going to be recommending to our pro subscribers is if you get him and you get off to a fast start with Todd Gurley, you're going to want to trade him and you're going to want to flip him high because, his, because it, we think that Todd Gurley could be poised for a breakout to start 
the 2017 season. Not entirely sure it's going to be a breakout that lasts for the entire 2017 season, especially if all those different pieces that they're trying to get in place along that new offensive line are, are going to stay healthy. There's a ton of variables. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Jared Goff's development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say if, if he gets off to a really hot start where everything's clicking exactly the way that they want, that it's clear the L.A. Rams, if nothing else, they would love nothing more than for that to be a Todd Gurley offense and to have things clicking to where he's, he's going big. What I'm telling you is over the course of the first four games of the season, as far as what the opposing defenses are going to be giving them, these are going to be defenses that are going to allow that to happen schematically. you just got to trust me. Okay, but after that, things get real, real woolly, and they get real woolly real fast. So just keep that in mind if you're a potential Todd Gurley owner. Um, and then great news for... People with the first pick who were able to get David Johnson, uh, he, he's going to get off to an extremely fast start, too. He'll face uh, basically um, a lot of the same teams as uh, Todd Gurley at the very beginning, except he'll be facing De Detroit. Oddly enough, Detroit, who you figure is a team that's had a pretty good, you know, a pretty good front seven over the course of the at least the last, you know, four to five years. They, they come in by our analytics as the fifth best matchup to start this. Uh, start this fantasy season. It's why the analytics and the tools at Roster Watch are going to be different than the ones you get anywhere else. Uh, we swerve, we, we we zig while they zag. Um, in Indianapolis, the aforementioned Indianapolis, who is uh, the best matchup of the season. They'll face Dallas, who we talked about earlier. Not a great matchup, but middle of the road. Uh, David Johnson will also get San Francisco, and that's going to be a team that he will just take his turn on. A lot like Todd Gurley, though, David Johnson, after his bye, Woo, he's got a big murderer's row from week 10 at uh, week 10 Seattle, week 11 at Houston, week 12 he's got Jacksonville, week 13 he's got LA, week 14 he's got Tennessee. He will get a reprieve in week 15 should you make it that far in the playoffs with a, a, a with a cream puff in Washington, but then he's going to have to face the Giants in the fantasy championship. So not a great looking playoff run there for um for David Johnson or running backs of the Arizona Cardinals, not that you're interested in any running back on the Arizona Cardinals besides David Johnson. Now, let's let's look at the guys with the tough uh, early starts, and there are some important ones. I mean, as far as our fantasy fortunes, there are some important ones. I'd say the most important and the most hurtful and just by far the worst starting schedule of any running back who – yeah, just any any running back who's going to play through the first four games of the season. Leonard Fournette, um, Jacksonville, just a brutal, brutal start, a brutal, brutal first four games. And what you worry about here is that Leonard Fournette is a rookie. And so you might expect a little bit of a slow start from Leonard Fournette anyway as he adjusts to the schedule of the NFL, the week-in, week-out nature of the National Football League, maybe there has been a concern a little bit that at the beginning he might not be the complete full-time back. Maybe they sprinkle in some Chris – I mean, Chris Ivory's getting paid like he is a uh, a running back one in the National Football League. So, you know, maybe he gets – you know, maybe he gets sprinkled in somehow. Maybe T.J. Yeldon gets sprinkled in a little bit more than we would normally like, you know – that was even an initial worry before we saw, before we realized, you know, before I made this tool, and, and we realized together as a nation that this first four games at Houston, 
That's our sixth worst matchup to start the 2017 season. At home versus Tennessee, that is our ninth worst matchup to start the 2017 season. At home versus the Baltimore Ravens, that is our 11th worst matchup to start the 2017 season. And then the fourth game at New York Jets, which is an absolute murderer's row. Golly. That's our second worst matchup. And then you know what? I mean, week six, he's at Pitt. That, that's not great. That's a middling matchup itself. Um, I'm sorry, in week five, he's at Pitt. That's a middling matchup. But then week six, he's got to play at home against the Rams. Aaron Donald and these Rams. I mean, that's our third worst matchup. He's not going to get a break until week seven versus Indy, and then he'll have his bye. Okay, so here's what we're going to do with, with, with Leonard Fournette. I'm going to move him down on the cheat sheet a little bit, I think. I think. I don't know. It's going to be hard because with Leonard Fournette, when I look at the way this is shaping up and I look at the ADPs, it's basically a question of Leonard Fournette or Todd Gurley. Who do you want on, on top? And we just talked about Todd Gurley. You know, he gets off to the great start, but then it's like – it's the tale of two different runners because with Leonard Fournette, what he does, he gets off to the hard start and then his schedule eases up. And so the play with Fournette, I think, is going to be once we get to week six and maybe he shit the bed through the first couple of weeks, maybe we're just starting to see where the team is, you know, they're losing football games and they're saying, look, we need to commit to giving Leonard Fournette more carries, everything like that. Maybe he plays against the Los Angeles Rams and it's a terrible game even though he's getting volume. Then we know coming into week seven – if that's a losing owner that, own, that owns Leonard Fournette, we get in before the, in, the, the Indy game. Because what we say is like, look, we only have one more game before his bye. So I'm going to take him off your hands. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to put up with going through this bye because that way you get the Indy game. That's our best matchup of, of the uh, 2017 season. And then after that, you're going, to have, uh, you're going to have four more elite matchups in the remaining one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks. So out of those seven weeks, you're going to have four elite matchups and only two that are extremely tough in Seattle and in Houston. But you're also going to have Cleveland. You're going to have Arizona. You're going to have Indy one more time. You're going to have San Francisco. So I think Leonard Fournette, that's the play with him. Uh, just I'm a little bit hesitant about Leonard Fournette. Just I, I was worried a little bit about all the, you know, Leonard Fournette's the ultimate beast. He's our ultimate sickness. Like he's a, he's a golden son of roster watch nation. I just, all the variables, the fact that he is a rookie, the fact that there are other guys there who are being paid, the fact that it was always going to be year two whenever the big dog was just coming in right out of the gates ready to eat, you know, like you never know what's going to happen with these rookies, whether it's going to take a few games for them to kind of get going and get in the flow. Whenever you see this, I mean, you just, you just got to go roster watch, go, go look at the tool. The start of this season just doesn't look any good at all for Leonard Fournette or any runner on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and, you know, just, just for extra, um, extra context here, like it is a good bit worse than its, its nearest competition, like a good bit worse. Its nearest competition is the Tennessee Titans. And in the Tennessee Titans' first four games, they face Oakland, who is a top-10 matchup. So uh, just, I mean, extremely, extremely brutal start for Leonard Fournette. As we look at the playoff schedules, an interesting one comes up. And the best playoff schedule of any team in fantasy football for running backs will be the Baltimore Ravens, who, hey, we haven't been on the podcast Um Ever since all the news with the Baltimore Ravens, but Kenneth Dixon with his tiny little eight and a half inch hands, 
Not only is he suspended, he had a torn meniscus. He's out for the season. So the cheat sheets have been updated to reflect for this. We had to get Terrence West way up. The trash man's a little disgusting, creepy little uh, obsession, Terrence West. Terrence West is going to get 200 touches if they don't go out and sign some kind, you know, sign some kind of other runner. I don't know who they'd sign right now. I don't know who they would sign. Then, uh, or trade for or anything. I, I don't even, I, I can't even think of who's out there. So I think Terrence, Terrence West, um, he's a guy who had to bump way up on the cheat sheet. I think Danny Woodhead, this is going to make him more involved in all kinds of ways. Now, remember, the Baltimore Ravens were one of the least run-heavy teams in the National Football League last year. We don't know if it's going to stay that way, but we do know there's, just, there's a ton of missing targets there out of the back, uh, a, a ton of missing targets there. Uh, you think that maybe Danny Woodhead could handle some of those out of the backfield. So I had to bump up Danny Woodhead, especially in PPR. Uh, I think that this is certainly helpful for him, knowing that if he can stay healthy, even though Danny Woodhead is turning into an old man, it's hard to forget he's such a little squeaky, little tiny, shrimpy, little sneaky man. But he, he's, he's old. He's 30. I think he's 32. So... And that's 32, like a beaten up 32. So it's just something to keep in mind. And, and, but the thing was, it's like not only you had all that, but you also had the fact that Kenneth Dixon was probably, you know, a, a pretty highly regarded guy coming out, um, was going to come in and he had displayed previously, despite having tiny hands, that he was somebody who can catch the football out of the backfield and maybe take over uh, some of that usage that otherwise would be going to Danny Woodhead, especially at the beginning whenever Dixon served his suspension. Now there's no such worry for Danny Woodhead. He's got to get moved up. I do worry whether or not he'll be able to stay healthy. He is a shrimpy, squirmy little tiny man. Uh, but when you look at Baltimore, their, their playoff schedule, they have Pittsburgh, then they have Cleveland, then, then they have Indy. The other one that's basically tied with Baltimore for the best playoff schedule, again, we mentioned them, the Chicago Bears. Jordan Howard, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, middle of the second round, I would much, much rather have Jordan Howard than I would, have, than I would uh, like to have Todd Gurley. And whenever you look at the playoff schedule, bad news for Le'Veon Bell owners. Not that he, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's matchup proof, but even if Le'Veon Bell manages to stay healthy through the entire course of the season, he gets Baltimore, who is our 11th worst matchup. He gets New England, who is our, what, that's our fourth worst matchup, and the Houston Texans, who are our sixth worst matchup. So uh, he has one of the worst Play, or no, he has the worst playoff schedule. The other two that have the worst uh, kind of there in the same tier, there's a tier of three of these teams that have the worst playoff schedules for, uh, for running backs. They are the L.A. Rams, so Todd Gurley, as we spoke about before, and the San Francisco 49ers, which would be uh, Carlos Hyde and possibly Joe Williams, who I think by that time should at least have ascended to some sort of uh, Tevin Coleman role in a Shanahan offense let's look quickly at the, i'm not gonna be able to get through all this i was like man i'm just gonna hop on a quick uh, little quick little podcast to say what's up to roster watch nation let them know we're still alive maybe go through like a half hour and get um <laughs> get these get them updated at least on this all this stuff i've been underground making with the um unit uh, strength of schedule grids but I'm, I'm we're already uh we're already at 30 minutes so let's just go through wide receivers and as i mentioned you guys can go to rosterwatch.com 
get all these tools, view them in their entirety. Uh, there will be some additional tools too, like with the, you know, I'm not going to get into them here on the podcast. I'm just going to let you go to rosterwatch.com. And I might get into a little bit here on the podcast because <laughs> I love this tool. It's my 2017 projected individual wide receiver cornerback matchup strength of schedule for the top 50 uh, ADPs. And that one was where I got, uh, yeah, you know, I got, I, I got down and dirty and just super nerdy with that one. But as far as the actual uh, wide receiver coverage unit matchup strength of schedule grid, which is where we just take into account our grades and our speed size data for the every member of the secondary. So the both both corners, the both safeties, the nickel corner, uh, and the primary backup outside corner, as well as the um, as well as the coverage linebacker. Right. So the average grade for all of those guys mixed in as uh, part of, uh, as basically the main part of our uh, formula that takes a few other things into account. But, it, you know, as part of our proprietary algorithm, that's just for the whole entire unit. The Carolina Panthers, man, their schedule is just awesome for, uh, wide, for wide receivers. Uh, they start out, I think that is, e- even the fast start, they probably have the fastest start just visually. It looks like they do. Let me see. No. They don't have the fastest start. You know, it's the fastest start is the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones and crew. But, yeah, the Carolina Panthers, as far as total strength of schedule, uh, not quite as great a differential between them and other teams as there was between the Minnesota Vikings and other teams, as we talked about, which is kind of kind of getting me a hankering for Dalvin Cook there at the running back position. But, uh, you know, the NFC South looks like the schedules for – uh, these guys are just some of the easiest and in a tier uh, of their own with the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Clearly, the Carolina Panthers is a situation that, you know, you wonder if some of that coverage unit stuff could extend to a Christian McCaffrey catching the football out of the backfield. There's something to take into consideration because how much do you really trust Kelvin Benjamin? Is he going to come in and be a fat ass? Is he going to come in and fall off? Can he, can he get back to what we love so much about him coming out and what we saw about him uh, in, in, in our rookie season? I'm not sure that he still has that sort of trust and that chemistry with Cam Newton. Sometimes it looked like they weren't on the same page to start last season. One guy that I'm kind of becoming a sneaky little bit interested in is – I just don't know. I, I, I wonder if Devin Funches – could possibly have the breakout that we've always hoped for and talked about from him. If you go back and look at our uh, our, our our route running grades from inside Lucas Oil Stadium for the year that Devin Funches came out, he was one of the highest graded players. Uh, he's never really had the opportunity to shine yet in that offense. I know that there are a lot of mouths to feed. I know that these coverage grades uh, could maybe spell some success for you know ancillary targets. You know. Uh, uh, satellite targets like a Christian McCaffrey. I just have this little feeling that Devin Funches is somebody who I've not heard anybody talk about this offseason. And he is the the very definition of a post-hype sleeper with I look with these unit grades, whenever you look at them, it's a little bit different than it is when you look at the individual wide receiver cornerback matchup grades. Because what usually happens is number one wideouts 
the stud wideouts that the other teams are preparing for, the A.J. Greens, the Julio Joneses, the Mike Evans, the, you know, I mean, you, you know the guys I'm talking about, the stars. They're going to draw the attention of the best personnel on the defense. That doesn't take a, a genius to, to understand that. And, of course, there are trends that we monitor during the season. Who shadows who? Is this guy going to go into the slot to cover this guy? Is this guy, you know, and that's all, those are all conversations that we have every week of the season as we're trying to figure out what these individual matchups are. But these unit grades are just kind of overall grades, overall snapshots, overall pictures, et cetera. But if we think a little bit deeper than that, even within these units – Take a team like, say, like the Detroit Lions, okay, who the Carolina Panthers are going to face. They're a top 10 matchup as, as, as far as our initial matchup tool, right? They're our ninth best matchup for opposing wide receivers. Uh, the Carolina Panthers will pay, face them in week five. After facing to start the season, our number four matchup, our number three matchup, our number seven matchup, they'll have a tough one versus New England in week four. But then in week five, they'll face the, the Detroit Lions, which is the example I'm about to use. And when you look at that personnel, the only, like, the only good player in there, and, there's, and I've, heard, I've heard, you know, dissenting talk about this guy, but the only one that we have with a good, uh, a, a good rating and coverage, I think that has a lot to do with his pedigree, is Darius Slay, okay? And so say what you will about, about Darius Slay. We, we have him graded as a guy that's a, more than a serviceable starter, right? But besides, and, and so... He's Darius Slay is going to be on like a going to be on Kelvin Benjamin, you know. If if you just think about what the individual matchup is going to be, what's most likely? It's most likely that Darius Slay is going to be over there, right? The, so even with a guy like Darius Slay who get, has a good grade from us, the grade for the entire unit is terrible and it sucks so bad because Nevin Lawson sucks, DJ Hayden sucks, Glover Quinn sucks. He's got you know like and so. I guess what I'm trying to say is even on these teams where it looks like the matchup grades are good, sometimes they have a, like you know one good corner. And that good corner is probably not going to be on Devin Funches. So it's like even though these grades look good, it's, or even though these, these matchup ratings look good, the schedule looks good, I think for a guy like Funches, it's just sneaky. It's under the radar. It's, he's a guy I'm going to have to get on the cheat sheet that I've just talked myself into right here on the podcast. Maybe I've talked you into him. As well, he has a he has a he has a a physical profile that is outstanding. He certainly has the frame and the body to be a number one wide receiver in the National Football League and a and a red zone target. So the only problem that anybody ever had with Devin Funches is it seemed like you were doubling down on a little bit of a same body type between him and a Kelvin Benjamin. You have Devin Funches on contract for longer. He's cheaper. Uh, he could be a guy that they're looking to get involved this year. I'm, I'm starting to warm up as like a bit of a trash man to some kind of disgusting uh, Devin Funches take that I have here on, on the pod. And then uh, as far as the total strength of schedule, let me tell you who the absolute worst is. It is Des Bryant. I've hinted about it on Twitter, but it is, I mean, this, this thing, <laughs> this Des Bryant schedule, it is the absolute worst. It is the pits. All right, let's just let's just go through it. Versus the New York Giants, he he faces like. Let's just talk about individual matchups and the, and see these these are hard to pro, pro, these are hard to pro, pro, project right. Like we, we don't know exactly how teams are going to handle other players' 
other team's star wide receivers, whether they're going to take their best corners to shadow these guys. It's going to be a week-to-week proposition. It's something we're going to have to follow, like I said, you know, week-to-week at rosterwatch.com on the Rosterwatch radio show here on the podcast. But we can project and do a reasonable job projecting. And with Des Bryant, it's a little bit easier to project because he is so much far and away, so much better than any other receiving option that they have on that football team in Dallas. So you can basically say if he's facing a team the best corner on that team is going to be on him at least a substantial part of the time. It's a pretty cut-and-dry situation. It's not like trying to project out what's going to happen with Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. You know, it's like, it's you know, it's completely different because Jordy Nelson, you could, you know, a team could take their best corner and put it on Devontae Adams even if they think that Jordy Nelson is the best wide receiver because they would take their second-best corner and give him safety help over the top and, and like, like, bracket that thing. So... That's a lot harder to project. I think that's a lot less predictive. I think with somebody like Dez, it's pretty easy to tell. You're going you're gonna to get the best that the defense has. Janoris Jenkins in week one, our number eight coverage cornerback in the National Football League. In Denver at week two, that's going to be versus Aqib Tlaib, our number three coverage corner in the National Football League. At Arizona, week three, hello, Patrick Peterson, number one coverage corner in the National Football League, according to rosterwatch.com. At home versus the Los Angeles Rams in week four versus Trumaine Johnson, the number seven coverage corner in the National Football League. Did, did you hear that first four weeks? Talk about a slow start that Des Bryant's going to get off to. He's got Jay Jinks. He's got Aqib Tlaib. He's got Patrick Peterson, and he's got Trumaine Johnson. Okay, in week five, he's going to have Green Bay. That's Ladarius Gunter. He is tied for our number 64 corner so that could be a nice week that could be a good week to get des low owned in dfs there will be a buy after that then coming out he'll have san francisco that should be i mean they could put jimmy ward on him i think jimmy ward probably stays in the stays in the slot he'll get Rashard robinson uh actually tied with ladarius gunter for number 64 coverage corner in the league this is when things go to shit again um this will be week what one two three four five six seven week eight at washington Josh Norman, our number six coverage corner in the National Football League. Um, week nine versus Kansas City. Marcus Peters is our number 11 coverage corner in the NFL, although I, I'll have to check. He doesn't historically shadow. So, you know, uh, but he's going to see, see some on Marcus Peters. Um, next week at Atlanta, he'll get Desmond Trufant, our number 13 coverage corner in the National Football League. Then after that, it'll be versus Philly. That'll be at home uh, versus Jalen Mills. He is our number 51 coverage corner in the league, so that's an easy week for him. Uh, now we're getting into the we're getting into the end of the season here. We're coming into week 12. This will be uh, versus the Los Angeles Chargers. That'll be Jason Verrett, who is our number 16 coverage corner in the National Football League. If he doesn't get Jason, uh, if he doesn't get Jason Verrett, he's going to get Casey Hayward, who is a, a, t- a top 20 corner that I think is probably rated a little bit low in, in our system. So, I, like, no way to win there. The, the next week, week 13, the final week of the fantasy football regular season, he's going to get Josh Norman, who, once again, our number six coverage corner in the league. First week of the fantasy playoffs, week 14, he's going to get Janoris Jenkins again, this time at New York. Uh, and then the week 15, the second week of the fantasy playoffs, That'll be Sean Smith, 
our number 24 coverage corner in the NFL. So not great, but not terrible. And then in your fantasy championship, the the cherry on top of this shit Sunday that is Des Bryant's schedule for the 2017 season, Richard Sherman is going to be at home versus Seattle. And Richard Sherman, our number two coverage corner in the National Football League. So I think probably the most telling thing about all that, you know, Des, Des Bryant, as, as far as his individual matchups, the only guy with worst individual matchups, according to our projected individual wide receiver matchup strength of schedule for the ADP top 50, is Pierre Garçon. I'll give you one other tidbit here from the uh, 2017 projected individual wide receiver cornerback matchup strength of schedule before getting out of here and telling you guys that I love you and that we miss you here at the Roster Watch Podcast. We're going to be back to it soon, but I felt like you guys were just giving me too much shit, and I had to hop on and just do a, a solo one real quick just to let you know we're still alive. We're still working super hard. We're getting everything ready for the launch of all of our um, all of our awesome tools at rosterwatch.com. A lot of them already available to our pro members. Willie Sneed has the best schedule of any receiver in all of fantasy. Get him on your teams. I'm, I'm, I'm bumping him way the hell up on the cheat sheet, uh, like, there is not a single game that Willie Sneed... If, if we anticipate Willie Sneed lining up in the slot, which he will be, by all, in, all indications, the schedule that Willie Sneed plays against slot corners is absolutely amazing. He does not have one, one single game that is even um, bottom 12. He has, let's see, he has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of his games this season are top 8 matchups. 12. Guys, I don't really know what else I can say about it. We need to get Willie Sneed way, way, way up. He is so far ahead of the... Uh, competition. He's on a tier with only one other guy, and I'll give you this one other guy who if we can... And here's the thing. I'm a lot more sure that Willie Sneed at his current ADP of wide receiver 35... Golly. Willie Sneed... Like, we're going to own a ton of Willie Sneed this year in, 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 in PPR. This one other guy is in his tier, and it's Jeremy Macklin. And if we say that Jeremy Macklin in Baltimore, if he's going to be operating out of the slot, he has... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of his own top eight matchups versus slot corners, according to rosterwatch.com's proprietary analytics, our proprietary grades that go into our award-winning matchup tool that are part of the 2017 projected individual wide receiver cornerback matchup, strength of schedule top 50, and the 2017 running back matchup strength of schedule grid, as well as the 2017 wide receiver coverage unit matchup strength of schedule grid, all going up at rosterwatch.com here within the week, as well as the tools for the tight ends and the quarterbacks to go along with the epic, the mystical, the mythical, the magical Ultimate draft cheat sheet from rosterwatch.com. Byron's way the fuck out in the woods uh, right now, but sometime he should be uh, you know, coming out of there with version 1.0 of the draft standard cheat sheet written on some goddamn tablet. or <laughs> I don't even know what he's writing on out there. But uh, the PPR sheet up right now. The two quarterback sheet up right now. More content coming up from the trash man every day. 
as we speak. Go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership. I love you guys, Roster Watch Nation. Uh, please give us a good review in iTunes. Give us a good review. Give us a five-star rating. It means the world to us. If you're not a pro member at rosterwatch.com, go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership. For Byron Lambert, way the fuck out in the woods, for the trash man, wherever the hell, he, whatever trash can he's sniffing around. My name is Alex Dunlap. This is the Roster Watch Podcast. We will see you next time.